The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. All right, all right, you made it. Friday, good to have you along. Disability Law Show. We are here till 7 o'clock, 6.30 to 7 every Friday. And uh, joining us on the show this evening, of course, Savannah Tamarkin, co-founding partner, Sam Firu Tamarkin, LLP, and our good pal, partner, James Fireman, on the show uh, tonight. Good to have James along, usually appearing weekly on the uh, TV show as well, disabilityrights.ca, if you want to catch that, and online as well. And anytime you want to email through help at disabilityrights.ca and the number for the fellas and their teams, easy. Easy. one 821 let us uh, let us get it happening. Savannah, James, good to have both you guys on the show. The actual uh, the actual show's about to begin, so we got 30 minutes to get through this, Savannah. What do you got off the top, brother? Great to be with you, uh, John. Great to have James here. John, I want to I wanna start off by telling you about a conversation I had with, with one of my neighbors, actually, this past week. Uh, he's an electrician, uh, and uh, he had a slip and fall last winter. So, so not this winter, the one before that. Uh, uh, up here in Newmarket, not far from where I live, uh, he just basically came out of, uh, of, of a food store, uh, you know, one of those large stores, and he slipped and fell on ice. And it was very clear that there was no proper maintenance in the area. The area was full of black ice. Uh, there was some snow. Uh, and, and the conditions have been like that for a while. So it's not like there was a huge snowstorm. Now, here's the interesting thing. This gentleman is in his mid-40s. Uh, he's worked as an electrician for quite a few years. Uh, he's self-employed. He earns uh, you know, a, a good chunk of change. He's in the six figures, and he wasn't able to work because of his injury. He, he suffered a rotator cuff injury, a, a partial tear to his shoulder. Uh, he wasn't able to work for about three months, and he lost about approximately $25,000 because of that. Uh, and he's still in pain all this time later. He's still getting physio done. Uh, he's seeing his doctor. There's been a recommendation for surgery for his uh, shoulder. He's postponed it because, again, it's going to put him off work for a while. Uh, but the possibility and the likelihood is still there. And as a result of his injury, he's also limited in terms of what he can do work-wise and how much he can work. So he, he's estimating, he told me, that he's losing around $2,000 a month. Again, remember, this happened to him about a year ago, let's say, around a year ago. Um, so he lost the initial $25,000 or so for three months worth of work. He's losing about $2,000 a month now because he can't work the way he could before the injury. He doesn't know how long that will continue, but for now, he keeps having those losses. Now, here's why I'm telling you this. Uh, first of all, we have f- uh, photographs. He had uh, his, his wife actually go to the area and take photos, and it's clear. It's clear that the area was not properly maintained. So what did he do? He did something that's fairly reasonable. After the injury, a few days later, he notified uh, the the store and they notified the landlord. And, and there was an adjuster from the insurance company that insures the area. Uh, that adjuster contacted uh, my, my neighbor. And this adjuster did what most of these adjusters do, set up a time to meet with my neighbor and speak with him. Remember, John, I, I had no idea about any of this. I just learned about this this week. And so he speaks with my neighbor, he takes a statement, which is what they usually do, gets my neighbor to sign that statement, fine. Uh, And then the adjuster starts saying that, well, they're not at fault because of this, because of that, they had a snow removal contractor, they have records that they maintained the area, despite the fact that we have photos that clearly show that the area was not properly maintained. And uh, in any event, despite the denials of fault of liability, 
the adjuster says, but you know what? You suffered an injury. We, we, you know, in good faith, we want to try and resolve it with you. And so mm-hmm. they begin a negotiation. And remember, my neighbor has not contacted a lawyer. He knows I'm a lawyer. I don't know why he didn't contact me, but he doesn't contact me. He doesn't contact anyone. Just proceeds to do it by himself. Eventually, after a few months, he ends up settling this claim for this serious injury to his shoulder for $25,000. And in exchange for getting a check for $25,000 from the insurance company that insured this area, uh, he signs what's called a full and final release, which means that he absolves uh, the the area, that the, whoever owns the area, the, the owner of the parking lot, the grocery store, anybody who may have liability here by law, he absolves them of any further liability in the future, meaning that that's it. He cannot get any more money. Mm-hmm. Now, think about this for a second, John. He lost $25,000 in income because of this. He's losing $2,000 a year, sorry, a, a, a month uh, wow. going forward. So who knows how long that's going to continue. In addition to that, he also has a serious injury for which he may need surgery. He's also out of pocket for various expenses for physiotherapy and massage. He doesn't have his own benefits. Mm-hmm. And so he, he's, he's spending money on that. I'll tell you this, uh, uh, John, I, and I used to do this kind of work a lot, especially when I was a defense lawyer in the past. And James will tell you he did that kind of work too. So we both worked for insurance companies in the past. Now we work just for injured and disabled individuals. I can tell you that from my experience, this kind of case should not settle for anything less than six figures. Where in the six figures? It depends. It depends if this injury continues to impede this person from being able to work in the future. I mean, you can have a case like this settle for $100,000, $200,000, maybe even more. If he requires surgery, maybe there's complications with the surgery, we don't know. My point is, he did this by himself thinking he was saving money by not going to a lawyer, by not speaking to anyone, thinking that he can just, you know, get this done really quickly, not doing what he ought to have done, which is get advice, get advice. He should have talked to me about this case, about his situation back then. It doesn't mean that he would have had to retain me or any lawyer, but at least he would have gotten the information he needs. By my estimation, he settled his case for a fraction, a small fraction of what the value of his case is. And I can tell you that that adjuster that settled with him got an amazing deal. That adjuster is probably a hero at the insurance, you know, at, at the insurance company, at the office there. And, and this is not unusual. A lot of people who are injured on a daily basis because of someone else's fault, be it a car accident, slip and fall, whatever other injury, oftentimes don't get the proper legal advice. And when they don't do that, they're not empowered. They don't have the the knowledge that they need to understand what they are entitled to by law, by way of compensation. So this is an unfortunate situation, but I think it's something that our listeners can can learn from. You have to be very careful. And one of the things we always say is, if you contact us, if you've been injured, again, any kind of injury for which someone else is at fault, it, you know, talking to us doesn't cost anything, absolutely nothing. We will never pressure you to do anything about it. We'll simply give you the information you need. If you want our help, by all means, our team is here. We have an extensive team of lawyers, legal professionals, assistants, paralegals, et cetera. You know, we can put our experience, our, our, our resources, uh, you know, to help you get the compensation you're owed. But please don't don't engage the insurance company on your own and make sure that if you go to a lawyer or, or a, a law firm that purports to deal with these kinds of cases, that they have the background, the experience and the resources to get you the compensations that, that, that you know, you're entitled. James, I'd like to get your, uh, your thoughts on it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything Savon's saying, and I really want to emphasize the importance of getting that advice, especially getting it early. 
one of the most significant yeah. factors in anyone's ability to recover from an injury, especially as you get older, is how quickly you're able to get treatment. So if you've been in a slip and fall, there often isn't anything in place that is going to allow you to get the treatment that you need, or at least that will pay for it. And if you don't have the money to do it, oftentimes it means you're simply not getting it. For people who are injured in motor vehicle accidents, it's really a different story. But if you slip and fall, oftentimes what are you gonna do if you don't have extended health coverage? Well, here's one of the things that I always do anytime I have someone come to see me that's been involved in a slip and fall accident like this. The first thing I'm gonna do is make an assessment of liability. And in this particular case, I guarantee you, there's no issue of liability. Whatever the adjuster was saying, they cost up $25,000 without being sued. So you better believe that they knew they were on the hook for this. There's no question that they were liable in this particular situation. What I will always do when I've been retained is I'm gonna approach the insurance company, I'm gonna say, listen, this person needs to get some treatment. They need to get into physiotherapy and you well know the earlier they go, the more likely it is that they're going to be able to recover. And that's good for you because that means their injury is gonna be less severe, less likely to require surgery. It's gonna be less likely that they're gonna have an extended leave from work, which is going to result in greater loss of income. The insurance company will save money by paying for the treatment early. They're gonna pay for it one way or the other if they're liable. But if they pay for it early, the result is likely to be better. And so what I do when I'm approaching these situations is I will invariably ask the insurer for a good faith payment for any treatment that is needed early on. And it can be assessed as it goes. But you'd be surprised how often insurers are willing to do it because frankly, it is in their best interest. If they know that they're on the hook, they want to make sure that the person is going to get the treatment that they need so they can make a recovery so at the end of the day, the insurance company is on the hook for less. All of which is to say it is critical if you're in this type of situation, if you've been injured and you don't know what to do or where to turn, or if you have someone approaching you about a deal, that you contact a competent lawyer that understands not just how the law works, but how to get the best result. And the best result is both in terms of the amount of money you're getting and in terms of making sure you're getting the best treatment. Again, guys, reaching out any time to James or Savant, if, if only for a chat, uh, the best way to do it, uh, yeah, one 821 5900 and help at disabilityrights.ca. James, we've got a couple minutes before we break, but let's get started on something you want to bring up. We can always return to it, but uh, what's cooking, pal? Sure. Well, one of the things that I'm asked most frequently by younger lawyers when I when I do teaching in advocacy classes is, what makes the difference between a good lawyer and a great lawyer? And the answer is really communication with your client. A lawyer who is able to communicate effectively with their clients is going to be perceived as someone who is well above and beyond the expectation of you know, the average person. And so how do you do that? Well, you want to really make sure that you're not keeping your client in the dark. I was just contacted by a gentleman yesterday who was looking to leave his his firm that he had hired because of an accident and I asked him why because I, I'm not just going to suggest someone should be moving because there's a cost. If you move from one lawyer to another you're going to have to pay the other lawyer and so before that ever happens I want to make sure that there's a reason to do it and he said well it's going really slowly and I'm not really sure what's happening and so what I said to him is you know before you even look at moving what you have to do is you have to have a conversation with your lawyer and you have to say listen these are the things that are concerning me, and these are my expectations. So I need this to improve. And having that conversation goes a very long way to repairing that relationship and ensuring 
that going forward they're going to be able to communicate effectively and get a good Guys, short break, lots more to go. You want to send along an email, we'll try to get to it in the uh, the next segment. If not, the guys will answer it later on. There's also the option of mydisabilityquestions.com, free and anonymous website for you. But the phone number, 1-855-821-5900. That's to reach Savannah and James and the respective teams anytime. And that email, give it again before we go. Uh, HelpDisabilityRights.ca. More Disability Law Show is on the way. Stand by. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. All right, welcome back. Disability Law Show Friday evening heading into the long weekend. A reminder here on Friday, 6.30 to 7, uh, Samfiru to Mark, and that is the name of the firm, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. And here with me co-hosting, of course, Savannah to Mark and founder and partner, James Fireman as well. Reaching out to the guys anytime, help at disabilityrights.ca, 1-855-821-5900. And for quick, concise, easy-to-read notations about uh, long-term disability, Disability anytime ltdfaq.ca real simple ltdfaq.ca want to get to our first email the shoe guys uh we'll get to dennis says hey guys i live in georgina my best friend was crossing the street at a crosswalk a couple months ago and was hit by a truck going over the speed limit my friend was hurt pretty badly we're both 42 and worked in the same office he broke his right leg and the doctors say that he has a bad concussion he is seeing a doctor for it. Uh, what should he do? I've been trying to help him with his insurance company, but there are so many forms to fill out. Can you guys help him? Yes, uh, Dennis. First of all, thanks for writing in. And, and John, this is important here. Dennis is running for his best friend. Many of the individuals who actually reach out to us haven't heard the show or seen our show. It's family members. It's concerned friends and colleagues who you know tell people that they know they need this, uh, that need this help to contact us. So so thank you, Dennis, for for contacting us on your friend's behalf. Um, now, in terms of your friend, I mean, this is obviously a very serious injury. I can tell you that car accident laws in Ontario are, are very intricate. They're very they can be very complex, uh, and if you don't have the right lawyer or team of lawyers. The reality is that the insurance company is going to run circles around you. Uh, now, in this case, uh, your friend was uh, a pedestrian. Uh, now, when you have a pedestrian in Ontario that's struck by a car, there is what's called a reverse onus, which means that the law assumes that whoever was driving the vehicle was at fault. Generally, when you have an injury and you want to pursue compensation for the injury, like a slip and fall, like we talked about in the last segment, you have to prove as the injured individual that someone was at fault and that they owe you compensation. In the case of a pedestrian that's hit by a vehicle, such as in this case, it, the law reverses that onus. In other words, it's the, the car driver that has to then show that they're not negligent. My point is that your friend has a claim against that car driver and the insurance company for that truck is going to have to respond here. Now, they're gonna have to respond in two ways. Number one, they're gonna have to pay for certain things or your friends, such as treatments. If your friend broke his leg and suffered a concussion, which by the way, concussion by definition is a brain injury. Now it depends on the significance of the brain injury. You're saying it's a bad concussion, so it could be something that's more permanent. We have to look into that, see what kind of doctors he's been uh, uh, seeing and getting treatments from. But the reality is he could be potentially entitled to significant compensation and payments for loss of income, 
for treatments for his doctors. And there's other kinds of accident benefits. We call these accident benefits that the trucks insurance company is going to have to pay for. But in addition to that, in Ontario, under some circumstances, if you have a bad enough injury, you can actually claim for what's called a tort claim, which means for pain and suffering, additional compensation for loss of income or loss of inability to earn income in the future, uh, other treatments which are not covered by any collateral insurers, like let's say you have insurance through work for physiotherapy, massage, etc. So, you know, there are two types of claims here. And I don't fault you, Dennis, for saying that these forms that have to be filled out probably for the accident benefits portion of the claim. Uh, are complex and and there are many of them and we have people on our team that that's all they do that's all they do they specifically help individuals with those forms and again you know we say it we've said it before we will say it again james and i it doesn't cost anything to talk to us so what i would want to do dennis is actually connect with your friend and have that conversation with him maybe his family and him to talk about all the kinds of things that he's going to need now from the insurance company of the truck that hit him it's absolutely vital this is hand, handled correctly from the beginning. If it's not, certain things can be missed. Limitation periods for, for getting compensation can be missed. So it's critical, absolutely critical that we talk to you know to your friend and to your friend's family right now to get all the background, all the information, and advise them on what they need to do. James? Yeah, yeah. And so let's take a look at that. You know, what Dennis is really talking about here is are, are those accident benefits. All of those forms have to do with this insurance coverage that you get through your own insurance company. And you might be thinking, if you're listening here, well, Dennis's friend was a pedestrian, so how do you know that he had insurance? Well, he may or may not. He may or may not have had his own automobile insurance. But even if he didn't, the law in Ontario would allow you to access the insurer for the driver. So whether you have your own insurance or not, if you are involved in an accident, you're entitled to these accident benefits. And so that's going to include an income replacement benefit up to $400 a week. It's going to include uh, various treatments. And for an injury this serious, the limits, I think, $65,000 right now. It might even be a catastrophic injury, which means it could be upwards of a million dollars in possible treatment. So there are a lot of benefits that are available here. And as Savon mentioned, you know, we have people at our firm, we have clerks that are dedicated to doing these action benefits. But if someone approaches us and they have a claim that we're going to be able to pursue as a tort. This is the word that Spun used before, where we're going after the other driver because of their negligence. And they also have an accident benefits claim. We will manage that person's accident benefits claim for free. We're not going to charge anything to administer that claim. Only if and when the insurance company decides to stop paying, would there be any issue in terms of our challenging them. Of course, at that point, if we have to go to a hearing or something, then the retainer would kick in and we would get paid. But for anything received where the insurance company is simply paying as they should be, we don't charge anything for that. And I'll tell you in this particular situation, where you're dealing with someone who's got a broken leg and a concussion, there's no chance the insurance company is gonna be refusing benefits at the outset. Now down the road, a year or two down the road, might they start putting up a, a struggle and try to avoid paying? That's possible depending on the extent of the recovery. But anything that his friend is able to receive before then, we're not going to charge a dime for. And so it's really critical that we get Dennis's friend set up as soon as possible because that treatment can start right away. And as we were talking about just in the very last segment, getting treatment early is critical. Extent of the recovery is greatly affected by how quickly treatment is administered. 
sooner you get treatment, the more likely you are to recover. That's just a fact. Reaching out, guys, one 821 5900 The number anytime, help at disabilityrights.ca. Now, if a, if a person kind of dovetailing on that, uh, guys, a person is injured in a car accident or, uh, or any accident for that matter, really, um, should they start the legal claim against whoever's at fault for compensation or go right for long-term disability uh, if they can or do both at the same time? What do you think? It's an excellent absolutely. question. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, James. I was going to say, oh, absolutely, <laughs> they, they, they should be applying for both. Um, there is no question that if you have the ability to to bring a claim for both long-term disability and a negligence claim against the driver in a car accident or whoever's at fault for a slip and fall, for example, that you need to be doing both. And more importantly, you need to make sure that the lawyer that you hire is capable of handling both claims because those two claims at certain points can be competing against each other. For example, long-term disability is essentially replacing your income. And that's obviously going to be part of any claim for negligence against the driver of a car that's caused you an injury. And so that's gonna be part of both claims. And if you have two different lawyers that are handling two different parts of the claim, they're both gonna try and be maximizing their own part of it, but not necessarily looking at how the overall result is going to be for the client from both claims together. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. In fact, I'll expand on that in, in that in many instances, uh, especially where you have more significant injuries, those are the kind of injuries that we deal with, these kinds of claims, where a, a person's ability to earn income has been jeopardized. Whether they can't earn income now because of their injuries or they can only work part-time, whereas before they were able to work full-time, not only do you have a claim against whoever was at fault for the accident uh, and potentially also a claim for long-term disability if you have coverage like that, but oftentimes you're gonna have issues with your workplace. And so many people who contact us are now dealing with not just a, you know, an insurance claim, they're also dealing with potentially a long-term disability claim and an employment claim because now their employer is giving them a hard time or has let them go because they can't work. And one of the unique things about our firm, about our team, is that we have lawyers that really have a focus and an expertise in all those three areas. And you can see billboards out there and commercials of lawyers who say they do this and they do that. Look, gone are the days of people being able to do everything, of one lawyer being able to do real estate law and family law and criminal law and every other kind of law. Just like gone are the days where you have one doctor who can say that you know they can, you know, they can deal with your heart and can deal with your brain. And can, no, now you have a cardiologist, you have a neurologist, you have all these kinds of different doctors just like you have different kinds of lawyers. And so we have employment lawyers, disability lawyers, injury lawyers. It's absolutely critical to understand, as James said, that you need the right team, you need the right lawyers, you need the right people with the right expertise and the reputation. And so it's absolutely critical, again, to make sure that you have the right people on your side to advance these kinds of claims. James, final thought. Well, really, it's all about communication. It's all about making sure that uh, you know, as a lawyer, that our clients understand exactly what the process is going to be ahead of them, um, and as a client, understanding that speaking to a lawyer, there isn't a risk in that. Especially if you're in a situation where you've been injured and you don't know where to turn, you give us a call. It's 100% free. No one's going to be taking your credit card number. Find out the information that you need in order to make sure that you're going to get the compensation that you're entitled. 
All right, guys, that's uh, that's brilliant. we got to run for another show. Reaching out to James or Savan now that we are done for a Friday. Help at disabilityrights.ca, the email and the phone number, 1-855-821-5900. We'll catch you again next time on the Disability Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.